Our top of the chart sermon series uh, was back in May of, of 2022, so a year ago, May. And the idea of this series is to explore the theology to be found uh, in the music of some of our most popular artists. And at the end of that series, I invited folks to uh, send me the names of some artists they'd like us to feature if we ever reprised top of the charts, and y'all gave us some great suggestions, all of which uh, I noted for future reference. But since I'm only preaching two of the sermons in this uh, second edition of the series, and because I really wanted to talk about Sam Cooke last week, I'm only preaching on one of your suggestions from the last time we did this series, and I'm sure that uh, you'll understand why I chose the one I did. On the, on the last Sunday of that first edition of Top of the Charts, a beloved saint of our congregation came up to me after worship and um, well, I mean, she all but threatened to have my native Texan citizenship card revoked. <laughs> she didn't put it quite that way, um, but that's what she meant. I could see it in her eyes. Because in that first edition of the series, I had somehow failed to talk about one particular Texas icon. Uh, and I have been waiting 14 months <laughs> to correct this oversight because I love Willie Nelson. He is near and dear to my heart, has been for almost as long as I can remember. And for me, uh, that began with an album called Stardust. I don't know if y'all, any of y'all know that album. Uh, Stardust came out back in 1978, and that just so happened to coincide with um, our family's move to Maryland. My stepfather worked for EDS and uh, was assigned to a project in Washington, D.C. And so in the winter of 1978, my mom, my stepfather, my little brother and I all left um, well, all of our family behind here in Texas. And I, I loved growing up in Maryland, but as you might imagine, this move was a bit traumatic for seven-year-old me. And I would come to, to Dallas to visit my dad for two weeks every summer. And that first summer after we moved to Maryland, Stardust had just been released. Uh, so to get out of the heat in the middle of the July day, we would go into the cool living room of his house in Garland and we would crank up the air conditioning and we would crank up the volume on Willie's latest album. And the voice of Willie Nelson that summer became for me um, a soothing reminder of and connection to Texas. And from then on, I would associate Willie with home. Uh, and with family, and because of that, the music of Willie Nelson has always made me smile and always warmed my heart. Just the sound of his voice has that effect on me, and if you, if you know much about his career, then you surely know that he has produced an extraordinary amount of music over the past 60 years. He released his first album in uh, 1962, um, Stardust, which was released in 1978, was his 22nd studio album. His most recent album, called Bluegrass, will be released in September, and that will be, and I'm not exaggerating, his 74th 
solo studio album. And when you add to that his 26 collaborative albums, Bluegrass is gonna mark his 100th studio album. I mean, that, that is an astounding number. And that doesn't even count the 14 live albums, the 51 compilation albums, and the two soundtracks that he did for Honeysuckle Rose and The Electric Horseman. Just for scale, by contrast, my favorite band, U2, has been a band since 1980, so for 43 years, they've done a grand total of 15 studio albums. And over the course of Willie's uh, now into its seventh decade-long career, his faith has been on display again and again. When I was in seminary 20 years ago, one of the CDs that I listened to on my way to and from SMU was an album that Willie did with his sister Bobby called How Great Thou Art, a collection of some of the most beloved Christian hymns of all time. Our song for this morning, which Alex and David are going to sing in a little bit, is from uh, another album of Christian hymns that Willie and Bobby recorded. Uh, that was back in 1980. And so Willie Nelson has, has been making records about Jesus for a long time. Somebody stopped me after the first service and said that he had actually seen Willie at a concert at his church in Austin many years ago because the preacher was a buddy of Wilson, uh, Willie Nelson somehow. And as much as I love his greatest hits and can listen to them at any time, um, as much as I love those songs and could have chosen some of those secular songs for today, it's this faith-based part of his career that I want to talk about this morning. So last week we talked about uh, the role that music can play in inspiring social change. This week we're talking about the role that music plays in nurturing what are for me personally uh, the two most important values in life, faith and family. Because of all the many, many things that Willie Nelson has believed and preached and highlighted in his legendary career, uh, I truly respect the fact that he has always made room for these two central values. So to help us with the subject, we're gonna to turn to one of the oldest stories in our faith history. This is uh, Moses speaking to God's people on the banks of the River Jordan in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter six, verses uh, one to three for right now, and then we'll come back and read a little bit more later. Listen, friends, for the word of God as it is proclaimed by God's servant, the author of Deuteronomy. Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the ordinances that the Lord your God charged me to teach you to observe in the land that you are about to cross into and occupy, so that you and your children and your children's children may fear the Lord your God all the days of your life and keep all his decrees and his commandments that I am commanding to you, so that your days may be long. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and observe them diligently, so that it may go well for you, and so that you may multiply greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has promised you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The intersection of, of faith and family, uh, the role that faith is intended to play in the midst of family, and the responsibility that, that parents and grandparents have in passing on the faith to the next generation have all been essential parts of our relationship with God, really from the very beginning of our covenant relationship with God. The book of Deuteronomy records Moses' parting words final words to the Israelites. This is kind of like his valedictory speech, kind of his, uh, his last plea with the people 
that he has led for so well, uh, for so well for so long. Four decades earlier, uh, he had led God's people out of Egypt. He had received the law of the covenant from God on Mount Sinai. He had relayed this law to the people, these expectations that God has for how they should behave. And there had been 613 commandments in all. If you know the story of our history, if you've read the Bible uh, much at all, you know that the long history of our relationship uh, with God would prove over and over again just how challenging it would be to keep those commandments. And then came this generation in the wilderness, four decades of wandering that had led to the moment recorded in the book of Deuteronomy. God's people are on the banks of the River Jordan. They are uh, ready at long last to cross into the promised land. And for reasons that we don't really have time to get into here, Moses knew that he would not be uh, crossing the Jordan with the people. And so he gathers them together and he offers them his parting wisdom, the, the hard-earned lessons from decades of leadership. Now in our passage for the day, Moses had just reminded God's people of the Ten Commandments, that was in chapter five, and he's gonna spend, I'm not exaggerating, 15 chapters uh, reminding them of the meaning of the Ten Commandments. That's beginning in chapter seven. But before he does, here in the sixth chapter of Deuteronomy, he's, he's focused on the first and the most important commandment. I am the Lord your God, God had said, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. That's the first commandment. And Moses uh, tells the people, when you cross into the promised land at long last, you have to remember whose you are. You are, the, you are the people of God, and that foundational truth has to be at the front and center of your lives. That foundational truth has to shape everything else in your lives. And then he reminds them, uh, it is your everlasting responsibility to teach that foundational truth to your children and to your children's children. If you do that, he says, things will go well. My wife Whitney and I have seen Willie Nelson in concert twice, both times at Billy Bob's in Fort Worth. I don't think you can get more Texas than that, seeing Willie Nelson at Billy Bob's in Fort Worth. And both times, this is true, he outlasted us. <laughs> he outlasted us because he, would, he was pushing into his third encore and probably his second reprise of Whiskey River when we decided we had to head home and get back in time for church the next day. And both times that we saw him, the piano player in his band was his big sister, Bobby. Bobby Nelson died last year at the age of 91. Uh, this picture is in the album that I used to listen to on the way to and from SMU. This is obviously them in childhood. They were close in age, she was a little bit older. And for 50 years, beginning in 1972, she played piano in her brother's band. Can you imagine that? A 50 year working relationship with a sibling? I mean, the Holy Spirit had to be at work in that. <laughs> and as I mentioned, they recorded, just the two of them, um, multiple gospel albums together, beginning with Family Bible. Uh, that's the 1980 album and the title track we're gonna hear shortly. Now, listen, I know that uh, Willie Nelson has led an unconventional life, <laughs> and I don't wanna get into the details of all that, but his relationship with his sister and their collaboration on multiple albums about Jesus puts an important focus on the values of faith and, and family. 
And while I could have chosen any number of the old hymns that they recorded together to make the point, uh, it seems to me that their collaboration on Family Bible is the, the perfect illustration of the point. As far back as Moses, our faith leaders have reminded us of the responsibility we have to raise our kids right, to teach them the faith, to tell them about God's love, and for us as Christians uh, to tell them about the, the grace that is ours in Christ and the responsibilities that we have to share that love and grace with others. On this song that we're gonna hear, um, with his big sister accompanying him on piano, Willie sings, if you look it up on YouTube, there's a 1993 version of this song, this is the two of them in concert, uh, and it's, it's a beautiful version of the song. He sings, there's a family Bible on the table, it's pages worn and hard to read, but the family Bible on the table will forever be my key to memories. <laughs> That'd be great if that was true for all of us. That was the key to our childhood memories. And he sings, I can see us sitting around the table when from the family Bible dad would read and I can hear my mother softly singing Rock of Ages, Rock of Ages, cleft for me. Now the details differ from each of our families, of course, right? We might sing different songs. We may or may not read the Bible around the dinner table. Um, but those practices of teaching our kids and our grandkids the faith are central to who we are as the family of God. We do have the awesome responsibility of teaching our children and our children's children to put their faith in Jesus Christ. All right, let's finish this reading from uh, Deuteronomy. This is Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 to 9. Listen again, friends, for God's words. It's a very famous passage in our faith history. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand, fix them as an emblem on your forehead, and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Amen. So in the Jewish tradition, uh, these verses are known as the Shema. It's one of the most important prayers in the history of our faith. It was a prayer that was expected to be prayed upon waking and at the end of the day, um, at home and away from home. And the verbs that are used in this uh, prayer are a reminder of the importance of the task. Moses says that we are to, to keep these words uh, in our hearts, that we are to uh, recite these words to our children and talk about them over and over. He says we are to bind these words, to fix these words, making them a permanent part of who we are. We are to, to write these words in our homes so that we are reminded of them when we are at home, hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And there's a distinction in Hebrew that we miss in the translation into English. In Hebrew, the, the heart was not about sentimentality and emotion. The heart was the seat of the will and decision-making. 
And so what Moses is urging God's people here to do is to actively choose every day to live out their faith, our faith, and love for God, and then to, to actively encourage our kids to do the same. This has been, for more than 3,000 years, a fundamental um, imperative of our faith. And with Back to School Sunday next week, this is the perfect time to remind ourselves of this ancient and essential practice. Next Sunday, as I mentioned, our children and youth are gonna move to the next grade level in their classes. We're gonna kick off a, a new year with orientation and lots of celebration. We're gonna bless their backpacks and pray for them. Our back to school sermon series is gonna kinda pick up the story where we leave off in Deuteronomy, talk about the era of Joshua and judges. And I just wanna put in a shameless plug here. Um, starting August 13th, Whitney and I are gonna be leading a, the study of a book called Three Big Questions, and the full title is uh, That Change Every Teenager Making the Most of Your Conversation and connections. It's gonna be a, an, a six-week study. We're gonna meet on Sunday evenings while our kids are at Sunday night youth. If you have teenagers in your life or soon will, we'd love for you to join us. But however it is uh, that your family practices spiritual disciplines, this is the perfect time to consider just what it is that you do to actively choose each day to live out your faith and love for God while actively encouraging your kids and your grandkids to do the same. <laughs> it doesn't get much more top of the charts than, than Willie Nelson. He just turned 90 years old in April, you probably heard. And he's not just a, a Texas icon, he's, a, he's an American icon and has been for a long time. Having released more than 150 albums over the course of more than 60 years, even his list of accolades is expansive. He was inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame back in 1993. Uh, he was recognized at the Kennedy Center Honors in 1998. Um, this is worth looking up on YouTube if you feel like it. On September 21st, 2001, on the, the nationally televised benefit concert shortly after 9-11, you may remember it, it was on uh, all four of the networks simultaneously. At the end of that concert, he led this star-studded cast in truly one of the most poignant renditions of America the Beautiful that you'll ever hear. He was inducted into the National Agricultural Hall of Fame in 2011 for his decades of support for American farmers through Farm Aid. In 2015, he won the Gershwin Prize, which is the, the Lifetime Achievement Award of the Library of Congress. <laughs> in 2018, he was inducted into the Texas Institute of Letters, and of course, He's considered by Rolling Stone magazine to be among the 100 greatest singers and 100 greatest guitarists of all time. For my, for my whole life, the, the music of Willie Nelson has been a, a soothing reminder of and connection to home. Just the, just the sound of his voice makes me smile and warms my heart, and so many of his original songs are part of the soundtrack of my life. But even with all of his accolades and the tremendous volume of his life's work, nothing that he has done has been more meaningful, more purposeful, more important to me personally than his lifelong commitment to the gospel music of family and faith. As Willie sings and as we're about to hear, 
Now this old world of ours is filled with troubles, but this old world would oh so better be if we'd find more Bibles on the tables and mothers singing Rock of Ages, cleft for me. Amen.